You mean, you're looking at people that start off with a small vision, and that vision manifested in something beyond expectation. I just told you who I thought I was. A god. Let's do it, black excellence. Let's go. What's going on, Say It Loud podcast? Once again, it is your host, Boogie the Beast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in on Apple SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Spotify's tripping, but we're about to get that cracking anyways once they cut the check. I'm sitting down with one of my guys in mid-season form right now, so I'm very, very fortunate and very, very blessed to be able to sit in front of him in between a very busy schedule. Without further ado, my man born and raised in Sacramento, California, my guy, Mr. Shaft. What's going Mr. on? Mr. Shaft poppin'. Jr. What's poppin'? How you doing, man? Pleasure. Really good. Pleasure to be able to sit down with you, man. Like I said, we're going to get into exactly what uh, mid-season feels like and, uh, you know, just knowing to let the people know who you are, but first and foremost, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, my name is Shopper Jr. I come from Sacramento, California, yeah. uh, NorCal, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, I mean, I'm 19 and I live in L.A. now, so I've had a, a pretty pretty interesting journey to get here, you know? So I think um, it'll be a good podcast that we're going to have. You know? Absolutely. Hell yeah. So talking about that, once again, it is Say It Loud, so First Amendment. Let it fly. Yeah. Well, I got yeah, the E yeah. for explicit on my stuff, so yeah. <laughs> cool, you got to cool, let it go, cool. let it go. Cool. Um, so, like you said, 19 years old, um, before we get into what brought you out to L.A., you know, growing up in Northern California versus living in Southern California now, uh, is it still about the same or is it a different? Oh, it's a, it's a big difference, actually. <laughs> Northern California and Southern California is a lot different. Uh, I didn't really think about it until, obviously, I started living here, but, like, it's just more, you know, family-oriented up there and it's more focused on school or whatever you're doing, your craft up there. But down here, it's more like live. There's everything. You can do everything and anything. Like, you know, there's always something, something to do. So it's, it's actually pretty cool being out here. But it's a, it's a lot big different, you know, right. than being up in, in NorCal. So. High school for you back home. Like, so obviously, like, soccer is yeah. what brought you out here. Soccer is yeah. pretty much the biggest passion mm-hmm. in your life. Um, high school dynamics, though, like. Do you miss it? Like, cause I mean, that was like two years ago for you now. Like, you don't miss high school at all? Uh, not at all. No, 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 no. <laughs> so you had a. So it was. It was mainly like you just. You were in love with soccer. Like, did your high school soccer do well, or did you do club? Uh, so the way that it works when you hit high school, uh, most of the kids actually now aren't even playing high school soccer anymore. If That's you are an academy player, yeah. But most of them um, will be in the academy situation, which in the levels of soccer, if you guys don't know, it goes, um, I want to say recreational. Okay. Then there's... Like, I'm learning too, guys, so don't feel like you're slow. Yeah, yeah. So so there's rec- recreational, there's select, and then there's competition. And then above competition, there's actually, uh, what is it, academy. Mm-hmm. And then once you hit academy, it depends, like... I would rank high school under academy. Okay. Um, and most guys go from uh, academy to college. And basically, their academy is kind of your jump instead of being in high school because there's more scouts and there's more national team scouts. There's more European it's more scouts. coverage. Exactly. So more people are looking at that rather than they were, let's say, seven, eight years ago when high school was the only thing you had, really. Okay. You know? um, so going into high school, you were already in this... Well, no, no, no. So okay. going into high school, my first year, actually, I was in... Uh, I played high school. 
Okay. And then I did one year of that. And then after that, I actually switched schools and then went into academy. So it was more Mm -hmm. or less not really like because I switched schools, but it was like the season ended and then there was an opportunity when I was in club to jump to a higher level. And that's basically, you know, my whole life has always been just keep it moving, you know, keep keep progressing. So that's basically like saw the opportunity and we just jumped and that's literally how it worked. And then academy the rest of my years through high school. And then obviously I didn't go to college. So I went from high school to professional, you know, so that's beautiful. That was my, that was kind of my little path. Where, where does soccer, where did soccer start? Where did, uh, where did you first, I was going to say pick up the ball, but you're not a goalie. Yeah. So was the first time you kicked the ball like around, like when did soccer become life? Soccer was, uh, implemented when I was a child actually. Mm-hmm. So when I was like four or five, I actually did recreational soccer because my dad's best friend, you know, like we had, they had a friend crew and they were basically all kind of soccer minded. Mm-hmm. So they were like, Hey put all the kids into you know into soccer and let them have fun whatever because we're kids so you know you try out everything and that's kind of how it started and then you know i was doing that for a couple years kind of fell off played basketball football all his life exactly you know and then um i ran track and was also playing soccer but i got back into soccer when i was like nine okay this was competitive soccer right and uh competitive soccer actually was random story because the lady that told me to go play was just this random lady who was my like uh, you know at recess you have the people who like monitor the kids yeah so she She's was like a peer she staff was, exactly <laughs> she was just like chilling it was just like hey you're playing with the ball like come try out for this team and i'm like what what is this team i had no idea what competition was because i only played recreational so you know i told my dad about it and he's like oh we can research it you know research it figured it out went to the tryouts and then ended up like Went to two different tryouts, and then the first one I didn't like at all just because I didn't like the grass. And it was everything was just kind of like it was terrible. It was high grass, and I'm a kid at the time, so I don't really care about grass. Right. But I guess it was I in my blood. I don't want to be itchy. Yeah, it was in my blood. Like, I just knew, like, high grass is not going to be my thing. So they just handled themselves, uh, the club, not, not too well. And then I ended up going to the other club, and I guess they saw potential in – who I could be mm-hmm. because just from seeing like basic footwork and like you're an athlete so we can develop you we can, yeah we yeah. can mold you like when you have you know when you're an athlete not everyone's an athlete you know everyone can get gain the foot skills or the the skill in whatever sport but they can't have what you know God gave you so I think for that it was just I got lucky you know and thanks to um you know the random recess the lady. random <laughs> Lori for you know Lori Hughes for hooking me up because she kind of started the legacy that it is right now so that's amazing so going through that then you did like you said you didn't play high school soccer but you yeah. did play um academy soccer yeah. so what does that entail like does that mean after school you're going to practice was that before school you're going to practice so when i started academy it was after practice okay. so this was in sacramento there was actually two there was actually one club that was academy in my area okay and that was you know i had to if i want to go to another club it was two hours away Jeez. so i'm not traveling every day two hours to go to training you know Facts. so after school i'd go play for this one team and um we would do that it was just training every day after and then you know for me that was kind of the bigger jump that got me into it but these kids were a year older than me Hmm. so i was 
um, in the younger group, but I was still one of the more, um, I think, skilled and kind of elite players Talented. on the team. You know, so for me, it was kind of easy um, going through the process because once I usually get into a team, I can kind of, you know, work, Figure your work way out, and work. Keep and working. Exactly. Yeah. And then I get kind of into a, a comfort level where it's not as difficult as it was, you know, when I started. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how it works. And then uh, I did that for one year. And then my second year, um, which was my junior, junior year, year. Yeah, yeah, junior. my junior year, actually, I moved teams because this this new club came and they're supposed to be the big, big club. So they had an academy team and they, it was literally just all the raw kids from, from my area. We all got together and then they picked who they wanted, made a team, and then we were just... You know, we were that. So, and then you traveled with that. Academy yeah. So, team? so academy is where you start actually like traveling, and it's paid for. Nice. So, so it's kind of like the club at like a exactly club basketball. exactly. It. So it's the same thing where basically you get into this whole professional mindset where they want you to start training to be in that professional environment. Mm-hmm. So, um, the U.S. Soccer um, Development Academy is what it's called. Okay. Um, they have. Basically, they fund all the academy teams. So if you can get the correct teams and the correct amount of people for the team and and basically to get into the DA, then they pay for everything, pay for all your flights, your hotels, you know, your team gear and stuff like that. Not bad. No, not Not bad at all. Exactly. Junior in high school. (laughs) So being in that whole thing, um, it was definitely a different experience, but... When you start traveling more and staying for longer periods of time, you start developing different skills. And then, you know, the stuff you learned at home, like being disciplined, you know, uh, at home, and then it translates over to, to your sport. So right. it was actually a lot easier starting to do that because even though I was going to training every day, I was still doing my homework and making right. sure I, all this other stuff gets knocked out. But Was the balance of, do you think, growing up as a teenager and growing up as a uh, you know, like a training to be a professional soccer player. Um, did you ever find, or was it hard to mesh those two worlds together? Yeah. Um, where did you see like the most struggle? Like, was it like you had it on the field and you were just, and then you went to school and then you were kind of socially awkward because mm-hmm. you didn't spend a lot of time with your friends mm-hmm. or was it kind of like you had your friends, but soccer, like which one gave away? Um, in high it was, school? it was more or less like the school, not really like socially awkward, but like in the terms of it being like schoolwork, mm. that was more the most difficult things for me because here I am, you know, knowing that I have training at the end of the day and then that transfers over into school because I have to make sure I do my homework either before or after. So during class, I'm trying to figure out like, all right, do I need a do I need to knock this project out now? Do I not want to? Like, I'm tired from yesterday. Right. I'm super tired. I'm trying to make sure that, you know, I'm on my stuff and I'm learning. And, like, school for me was a lot harder. I don't know why I just, you know, like, got into that. You you know, you start I, focusing. I, 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 I truly understand. So, <laughs> you know, you start focusing on other things. Um, just in, you know, like, for me, football was just a, a big piece and Sorry for everybody that thinks I'm saying American football. I'm saying soccer, European football. Football. Exactly. So um, because it's one of those things that like when you start developing that mindset of becoming a pro, you want to make sure that you're doing everything you can to stay focused about it. So for me, I'm always trying to make sure that I was like 
doing my homework, trying to stay, you know, on top of my grades and stuff like that. But it's super difficult when you go and then you drive two hours to training mm. because you have a training center and you're trying to do your homework, you know, during, in the car. In the car. Yeah. Exactly. So during that whole process, it was like trying to manage my schoolwork on top of me being on the path to be a pro. And, right. you know, that's one of the biggest things. It's because it's really hard because if you aren't, as mentally strong to do those things then you can't really be like you're out of gas yeah so. you're you it, it, it gets tiring real right. quick and that's when a lot of people break i think their like sophomore junior year of high school is when a lot of people will stop actually going pursuing, to, pursuing the professional dream because it's it's too difficult or their parents are too much on them and they don't want to deal with that so okay yeah. so Going into senior year, get done with senior year or towards the end. Um, Now, were you getting or did you get any college level like offers or was it already just flat out like, hey, don't worry about that because of, you know, like you have the potential to go. Like, how was that senior year? So senior year was wild, actually. My junior year, um, I committed. Uh, to school okay so i wanted to go to oregon state okay fully committed and was going to go there um do my four years and then uh get my degree and then go pro Mm -hmm. so that was kind of like my timeline that me and my parents talked about we were like all right you know this would be a good timeline like you'll have your degree and be straight right now um this was beginning this was like when we when i was going to senior year um, I had fully been already fully committed for like two months and was going to go on my visits. And then I was actually going to graduate early and mm. go to Oregon State. Got you to start early. To start early. To get a good run. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I was thinking, boom, I'll just graduate early, get all my credentials, go to summer school and pass like whatever classes I needed for the next year and then do the rest of the half of the year and then be done. Um, then that changed when I ended up going to Texas. So I moved to Texas for that my senior year and I played with FC Dallas, which at the time was the best club for Academy. They had just came off of a back to back national championship. Wow. Which, you know, in Academy is like big to do because um there's a lot of good teams that usually new every every year come you know now fc stands for football club right yep so you were playing in sacramento then left to go to texas to play for fc dallas Mm -hmm. um so once you left so once since you went there like you had to decommit or give no 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 so basically what happened was i was going to be on that same plan to do everything, but I was just gonna go there for that that half a year and gotcha. get and get prepared to. I wanted to be the best I could be going into my college year, knowing that when I had went on my visit, this was when I was like five, seven, mm-hmm. like one fifty five, one fifty around there. So for me, I was like underweight compared to these huge seniors I see in college. You know, when I went on this visit, this um and I'd seen them I'm like man they're huge you know I'm like right you're like hey <laughs> I need to I need to get my yeah, skill get up bit, or yeah. something you know what I'm saying so that I could be prepared mentally for when I go to um when I go to Oregon so I'm like what better way than to progress cuz the team that I was at it just wasn't working you know you just you get stagnant in your in your your position and you're just like I want to keep going and, and what's your position you're 
So at the time I was playing four. Gotcha. I was playing I was playing striker and I was playing winger. Okay. So that's that's where I was and I think at the club that I was at it was a lot more difficult for me to progress and you know obviously some outer things couldn't let me progress so uh made the decision the smart decision to move and then ended up moving to texas and the way that texas works since i was an out-of-state kid mm -hmm. and my parents didn't move with me uh so you made your parents move no like, they didn't move. Oh, okay. they stayed in sacramento plot twist so the whole point of academy certain clubs have housing oh and in interesante in FC Dallas, they have two types of housing. So for your younger kid, you will go into Casa Club. And Casa Club is basically a house that they have for the younger guys so that they can all live together. And it's like six or seven guys live in the house. And, you know, they're kind of monitored by a shop, uh, like not a chaperone, but like one of the guys. That, An overseer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that kind of helps them and makes sure that they're good, has their groceries and stuff like that. Um, and then where I was, which was the apartment. And in the apartment, they have a, a rented or the you know they own an apartment mm -hmm. at at the um, what is it, at the apartment complex, complex that's real close that to the stadium actually. Okay. You can look out and see the stadium. It's actually he was right cool. across the street from work. Exactly. So <laughs> they wanted to make it to where it was accessible. You don't need a car to get to training and back. And no that's excuses. You know, exactly. Yeah. To and, and from from for school, there's people in the club that drive, so you can get rides to school. And that senior year was actually wild for me because this was the first time I'd lived on my own. So no one knows chaperones in the apartment right. because they're all older, you know? So they're like, figure it out, you right. know? And so um, paying bills and all that stuff and then um, going to play football and then going to school and, and like it worked like that. And then a new city on top. Exactly. So trying to figure everything out, trying to get new friends, like boom. But luckily I had one friend going into it nice. who actually helped me get to that club. So it was like, hey, come to our club, blah, blah, blah. Like, you can talk to the coach and, and see if he can get you through. And then it ended up working out and then I had him. So luckily, I was able to have a friend there already. Going Shout out to those club, good friends out right? there. Yeah. Making so progress. It was literally, it was dope because I was able to actually um, have someone there guide me through who's, who had actually been living in Texas for a cool little minute. So um, that was my thing. And then, like, going to, waking up in the morning, going straight to training. And then after training, hurrying up, showering, so he can get to class and not be late, right? So we had this, they actually had a partnership with the, with the school where we got the first period off. Ah, okay. So we missed first period and then we came into the second, third, and fourth period. Huh. And that literally is how it worked to because they wanted us to be. It's always a way to make it work. Always a way. It's right? Always a way to make it work. And especially if we have all the kids coming to your school, you're going to want to be in agreement with us. You right. Know? Otherwise, we can pull them and put them to a new school. So go somewhere else. Exactly. So that's that's how it worked. And that year was actually a very, very big learning year for me because, you know, you live on your own. It's the first time you live in an apartment with three other guys. So but you, you just met. You just met. You got to figure out like, hey. Do you guys know what you're doing? Yeah. Because uh, I don't you know. Clean? Yeah, like, like, exactly. Do you clean? Yeah, like, Do you cook? Like, exactly. Can you throw? Yeah. I so, you got to figure out, like, boom, who's doing what? When are we on groceries? Like, does anybody have a car? Nope. All right. Well, what are we about to do? Right. Like, you know, how we get this done? Exactly. So, there's a whole bunch of uh, different things that go into it that made us, like, grow up a lot faster. But for me, it actually helped a lot, you know. So, nice. So, then going out of that, senior year's done. You graduate finally. Um, 
Now, what was it like going through the draft process? Like no draft. So there is no draft process. They, so they've not been for, watching this whole time. Not for me. So my okay. my um, journey was actually a lot different than a normal, I guess, academy kid would would go through. You know, so the way that it works is when you're in high school, you will the academy is there to push you through to college, right? And if you are good enough, then it can push you through to a team in Europe or you might get signed by that MLS team that you're actually and with. And they've been watching you this whole time. Yeah. So, okay, so you know, they might have seen you when you were 16, 15 in the academy. Okay. Because you've been in the academy and you've been blowing it up this whole time. Mm-hmm. As soon as you get old enough, there might be, boom, scouts coming after you, play you know, coaches. But isn't old enough? Sometimes, like, can't old enough. Like, didn't Messi start at, like, 14 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, so, like, crazy. it all depends on, like, your situation, of course. Because gotcha. for me, let's say, like, somehow a club in, in Europe was like, nah, we want him right now. Like, right now, right now. He, I'm 14, you know? <laughs> right now. I'm 14, and I'm like, huh? You know? And they're right. like, well, pay for everything. You come over, boom, whatever. And basically, what would happen was I'd go over there. And if I'm not, if I'm not, uh, if I don't have a European, if I'm not, if I don't have a European passport or um, somehow like a, everything else outside the United States passport, then um, it'd be a lot more difficult. Or if my parents didn't move with me. Gotcha. So if I went to Europe and my parents moved with me at the age of 14, then you can play, you can play in Europe because of FIFA regulations and rules, right? And there's a whole lot that actually goes into it, but he, Sounds like it. Messi was able to do that because of you know certain things that they made happen, and the gotcha. club also they knew he was gonna be a wonder kid, so he was. They were shout also, out to those scouts, exactly. Those <laughs> ones were the ones that are like, nah, nah, nah. We got something special here, you know. Right. So they also there's different terms that go into the different players that people get, but like for me, it was just like throughout the year I was playing and I was doing well, and then like. My team, we went to, um, there's a showcase that they have, and it's Academy Showcase, right? And it's, a, it's the, was it Winter Showcase or something? It's in, like, November, December. Okay. And basically, you go to Florida, and you will play, um, like, three games against other teams, and they're kind of friendlies. So, you'll go play against, like, depending on where you're ranked in the league, well, they'll put you up against teams that you won't normally play, but if they're first or second in their league, then you'll play the play them. Gotcha. So, like, if we're high ranked, you play another high ranked team in the East Coast. Okay. Or a different, different, um, just a different league than us. Um, so basically, we went and then we played like two other team, two of the top teams from the East, and we did decent, did well, and then actually, I had a couple. People calling me like, "Hey, um, blah, blah, we're an agent, this and that. Like, we'd like to, we have some opportunities for you in, in Germany." And hmm. I'm like, hmm. this, "And this is this, at 18 right now, right?" So this is at 17. 17 still. Okay, got it. So I'm trying to figure out like, well, like, <laughs> well, let me call my dad real quick. You yeah. know, like let me let me tell him that people are like scouting, and he's like, "Okay, blah, blah." Like, Let's get more information, this and that. So I had two scouts come after me telling me that they had trials for me in Europe, in Germany. So I'm like, all right, uh, what do we do? You know? Right. And then um, we had to talk. Me and my dad talked it out. My dad's like my my, my mentor. He's like uh, the person I go to to just basically 
talk to about everything because you know he's also dealt with life so he he knows he's a very knowledgeable you know so he helps me out with a lot shout of out pops exactly so a lot of these i mean you are a junior so exactly right <laughs> so the name kind of carries over so um but he actually <clears throat> a lot of big decisions actually run through him because he just the destiny has kind of been you know he's been on the more sports side so right. talking to him it's been a lot easier going through this stuff but like when we were talking to him he was like oh blah, blah. all right let's see what they have to say Mm-hmm. figured it out boom went with one agent and then ended up going to germany for a tryout this wasn't even a secure thing so i went to germany for a tryout and then uh how was that like that you got going from an american soccer like development players um i'm sure you had international players playing in america but like then you go to germany and now you're probably one of the only black <laughs> soccer players at this tryout or even in the town you're yep, probably in yep yep so you gotta realize like it's bare, bare like German. They're just German Germans, but they're like, <laughs> they're these people are like, it's such a, it's such a great life lesson when you go because the thing about it is you go, and you meet everyone, and just like any locker room you go in, you meet someone, everyone's hostile. Mm. But the difference is they don't speak like your language, you know, so they're gonna be hostile and they're gonna talk shit. Right. They're going to be like... And you're just sitting and there. And you're just sitting there like, all right, I'm waiting for training and like nobody wants to look at me or say hello, but just wait till I get on this pitch. Like, right. you know, and you just, you're at that moment, you're there to prove yourself. There's no other, you have no friends. You have nobody that's rooting for you. No one, not one person. And you don't know whose position you don't you're know taking. Exactly. You know, you don't know yet. So you just met this person. They're thinking like, what position do I, does he play? Blah, blah, blah. They're like... Oh, he's American? Cool. Like, he's probably trash. This and that. <laughs> this whole time, they're probably like, he's shit. Whatever. Like, right. this and that. And you're just sitting there thinking, like, I've never played against a German before. That's my, in my <laughs> mindset, I'm sitting there freaking out. And I'm, I'm nervous. And I'm like, my my agent, my my parent, my, you know, my dad's like, my dad actually came with me on this first, this is the first ever trial. So he came with me just to make sure I was cool to monitor everything. And, like, they're sitting there thinking, everyone's like, how's he going to do? Right. You know, like, they've seen how's me play. Under pressure, how's yeah. he going to do under pressure? We've never seen him, you know, as as the agents, they've never seen me under pressure like that. Because in my other environment, I'm comfortable. Right. All my boys, you know, I've established myself in the starting lineup. This and that is different. But when you go to a very hostile environment where people don't speak English, it becomes like a... Uh, a, a kill or be you know kill type kill or be killed yeah so you, the hey, and then you get out there and then it's like alright I can pass I can dribble I can run it's the same thing we just don't speak you don't speak the same language you know right and they, it just comes down to football and football speaks for itself and that's that's the great part about our sport is like it doesn't matter what language you speak people will come and there's people on my team right now that don't speak English you know but we will still be, it still translates. Like, you know where you got to be. Right. I know where I got to be. I know where I got to put the ball. Exactly. You, you know where to put it. Yeah. And and then it works itself out. And eventually you guys bond and know exactly what to do. But at this moment, I'm sitting there in the trial like, ooh, like this is really happening. Like I'm really in Germany. Like it's cold as hell. And I can't feel my fingers and my toes are cold and this and that. But it's like, you can't be. Here we you, go. You, exactly. you like. Hey, adrenaline's pumping, and I'm just like, through it. Boom. First training, boom, 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 boom. Trying to get, you know, fill it out. And I'm like, okay. Getting that movie, I get in the feel. Just, just filling it out. I'm like, all right, it's cool. You know, like, I didn't do bad. 
I could have done better, but I didn't do bad. And that's just because it's my first day. And, you know, boom, talking to my agents. So, yeah, you did all right. You know, it was, it was okay. But try and push it the next training. I'm like, all right, that's cool. But the thing about it is, like, what they do over uh, in Europe for trials is they basically will have your week planned out. Mm. So you come, and the first day they'll be like, all right, you're going to have your testing and all this. We'll take your weight, height, your, your agility. Wingspan. Wingspan yeah. and your speed. And we'll see your balance and stuff like that. And do your 40 meters and stuff like that. So pretty much like a combine. Just like so a combine. Yeah. They do their testing. They do their own testing. And then you're like, hmm, all right, you know, cool. And then you go to training. And your first training, boom, whatever. But it depends on what they want to do. So if they want to have you, if you're an older player, you'll probably go with the older team, the second team. And then the rest of the days, maybe you'll go with the first team and then back to the second team. Like It's kind of like that. But for me, it was like you'll train with the under 18s. Then you'll go with the second team, the under 23s, and then you'll do under 23s like for two days, and then you'll go back to the under 18s, and then you'll do the, the 23s again. So my second day comes, I'm all rested, you know, and it's difficult because the time changes eight, time nine change, hours. Yep. So as somebody who's not from Europe, <laughs> going to another European club. And it's cold. And it's cold. You got to realize, <laughs> you're sitting there like, bruh, like... How am I going to do this? You know, because you got to get your proper amount of rest. You got to figure out how to sleep through the night. And if you don't know, then you're going to, it's going to, you know, obviously distract you a lot while you're there. So I'm mm -hmm. sitting there like, boom, I'm ready for this morning. Like I'm amped, you know? So boom, we get to training and I have my first training with the, you know, the second team. And the, this is like the, the better guys, you know, this is like <laughs> the they, better, bigger, yeah, better, bigger, stronger, <laughs> faster, smarter, better skilled. And you're like, okay okay like this is it you know this is the test like there ain't no turning back big fella like you gotta realize this is it so for me i'm just like were you still the only american yes i'm the only american on the field man and after that first training i had a couple like hey how you doing you know once you once you're you do well then people start to open up because everyone speaks english the, millenn yeah, the millennials America, nowadays. America is the only place that doesn't know more than one, one language. language. But everywhere else, they know at least three Six. or four. Like, <laughs> like come on now. Germans will speak bro, every language. Every possible. language, bro. I had a friend in Germany. He spoke six different languages it's by by 15 years old you know six languages and i was sitting there and i was confused i was like bro you're you're you're, you're something it's always different. like that yeah. yeah so i'm going through training right we start we warm up start passing the ball and like when i'm in this new environment my brain like takes it all in and then i'm sitting there and i'm like Ugh, what's going on so once it sets in and i get comfortable then it's different hmm. but this first training with the second team, I'm like, boom, train, boom, whatever. Then we start getting to these little passing drills. And the thing about it is like, it's it's one of those things that the littlest, smallest, like t mess up will have you Could have change will everything. Change everything. So I'm over here, boom, we do passing drills. Pass, pass, pass. Okay, finish. Cool. I can do this. Woo. All right, give me the ball. First touch. All right, it, it's cool. All right, pass it. All right, cool. Relax. You can pass the ball. You know how to pass the ball. Like right. you know, I know how to pass You're like, the damn, ball. Like damn, I know how to do this, but just don't so, look at me yeah, while I'm doing don't, it. Don't don't like. I don't want to be nervous or nothing like that. But I'm just trying to not mess up. And um, I think a lot of these times you just have to be relaxed when you're doing it because 
like I was going through it and then I kind of opened up and then like we started doing stuff where it was like 1v1 defending and attacking and then I'm just starting to open up and I'm starting to tear these people Get up. back into exactly And I'm just – and people are like, oh, 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 he's cold. You know, like <laughs> they start seeing it and they're like, oh, wait, he's fast as there's, hell. There's a reason why he's Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're like, oh, like, okay, this kid can actually like do something. Boom, I'm – cutting them, chopping them, like, dicing fools up. And the defenders just can't stop me. So I'm just like, boom. So you I'm get, confident, you so, know? Right. So you get through that week, um, and then did you come back, or did they sign you? So what happened was I actually went through that week. I had an amazing week. Mm-hmm. Best trials ever. And then they offered me. Okay. And the offer was terrible. Hmm. It was like a 1000 a month. Euros? School. Yeah. So okay. this is a this is a school contract. Gotcha. So school contract is because you're a young player and you're still going to school, that will sign you and pay you, but will you'll also be going to school, so we'll pay you for your school and stuff. Right. So I'm sitting there like you gotta realize I'm already committed on a full ride to Oregon State. Right. Which they're gonna have me as a very top player for their next year. Mm-hmm. So why am I gonna waste money? I'm only going to get a bag. And like, a year. It's got to be a bag. That's it. Right, you know, like if I'm going overseas, if I'm going overseas, y'all are paying me a big bag, and that's <laughs> it. It's got to be more than my college tuition and mm. all of four years. I feel that. So that's the math we were doing. We're like, all right, well, you know, if that happens and I do end up finding a place that'll pay me, and it's a great opportunity, then yes, right. So boom, I go back. Actually, go back to. Dallas and then I go back and we play this tournament. This mm-hmm. huge tournament it's called a Dallas Cup. Another showcase, basically. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and we basically, but this one's a real tournament. Okay, and they fly different clubs from Europe and come play us. So we come, boom, and we ended up winning that. And then I go to the national team, and then I come back, and then I go on another trial. My agent calls me during spring break and is like, "Hey, can you go for the week?" Where where did where was this one to this time? This was Leipzig. Leipzig. So Leipzig. Red Bull Leipzig is actually eastern, northeastern Germany. It's okay. right under Berlin. Okay. Um, and this is a very secluded, small city. Mm-hmm. And you go there. I went there and I was like, hmm, it's kind of cool, you know? Had the Pull feel up. for it already. Yeah. Ho- the hotel was it was dope. You know, I stayed there and then they picked me up, went to the training facilities, and the training facilities were wild. When I took like top, top, top training facilities, spent millions on on the facilities, right? Performance, yeah, crazy. So I go in there, Nike Club. First of all, I'm already liking that. You know? Say less. So I'm like, cool, you know, because Nike was my thing. Um, but I'm sponsored by Puma now, so um, Puma reps, don't be mad at me. I love you guys. Um, but you know, at the time, I wasn't with anybody, so Nike was always my thing. And then went on that trial, killed the trial. Killed, killed the trial. They're like, no, nah, we need you next season. We need you. Like, mm-hmm. boom, put the contract in my hand. And I was like, oh, y'all not playing. Y'all, y'all, y'all ready to give the bag. Like, you right. know what I'm saying? So I'm like, cool. Sign it. Boom. Let's do this. Next season was actually, it starts June. Okay. In Europe, they start their preseason like June, July. Mm-hmm. And basically, I went June. Like 18th, June 18th, I flew in 2017, June 18th, I flew and went to um, Leipzig for the first time. I stayed there and I stayed with the host family and literally was there 
and was playing and doing that and that was a whole experience that's really dope that's dope man so you did that and then how long were you in germany prior to coming back then uh, i was there for like a year almost. okay yeah now after you came back you yeah. then went to well how did that transition work so then? basically i left the club and then went to different trials in europe gotcha so i went and tried out in england and Belgium. Okay. And then I also did some in Germany while I was there. Um, and basically, just the timing didn't work out in Europe. So basically, I had this opportunity with LAFC last year because they're a brand new club. So this was a brand new club. They didn't even sign that many people yet. They had like three people signed, I think. And so I was like, all right. My agent told me we got an opportunity. Like, be a good opportunity, you know. Yeah. Um, it's a brand new club, so you can, you know, in a good get city, your f- in get, a great city, exactly, in a great city. Like you can get your feet wet in, in in MLS and hopefully get some playing time, establish yourself here. So I'm like, all right, cool, let's do it. Went out here for trial, and then you know, I ended up getting a contract, and then I've been out here ever since. And obviously, it's been going well. So, and that's where we are now. It's six exactly. o'clock. Oh, thanks, Siri. Um, so going off of that, like when you talk about your whole timeline and how crazy it is to like. Going from the high school days, um, going through the academy, going overseas, coming back, going overseas, staying, playing a full season, then coming back, now playing at LAFC. Like, what has been the, what's been the best part of it? Like, a part of all this, like, when it's all said and done right now for the soccer side of Shaft, like, what has been the most enjoyable part? Um, I really think just creating that legacy in the story behind everything that I've been able to do so far, you know, because when I go back to tell my story to my kids, I'm going to be like, hey, by the time I was 19, uh, I had played for like two two professional clubs, mm. um, had played overseas, you know, had won a couple tournaments with the national team, like, you know, I had already established myself in different places that a lot of people won't get to to like 30, right? you know, and I think also being the first one to be on a part of a team that hasn't been created yet. First year team. First year team. Yeah, this first is, year you know, team. No yeah. one's going to be able to say like, oh my God, like I was a part of that team. No, you weren't. Like, you know, you're, yeah, you're the you're, only you're one. Of the fir- you're the first jersey number of, first, your, of your kind. The first 28 <laughs> for LAFC. And that for me is like a big thing because yeah. there's a lot of the academy kids that I actually see and then a lot of them will look up to us and be like, we want to be in your shoes and you guys will be in our shoes, you know, and that's what we we get to to show them like, hey, this is a great club to play at, you know, and they get to see the legacy and how we play and all of that. And I think leaving that stamp on like L.A. and the club and just football in general, we created something here that has, you know, put an impression on the whole world. And a lot of people don't see it, but like when you do, it's actually pretty live. So that's what's up. Yeah. You are tuned into the Say It Loud podcast. Say it loud. Say it loud. It's funny. It's deep. It's lit. Say it loud. Say it loud. Best podcast I've ever listened to. And we are back. Say it loud. My guy, Mr. Shaft Jr. is still sitting down with us. What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) So going away from all the soccer, um, great, great. Obviously, like you said, everything that you've done so far up to this time, everything you've put in the work for, all the teams all the efforts and now you know what I'm saying you you're at the a position where you're able to create a platform now yeah um off the field yeah. um, I've seen you starting to do a lot with going to the YMCA's mm-hmm. going to boys and girls clubs 
What is the legacy or what is what is it like having a platform now? Uh, I think growing up in different situations uh, exposes you to different things that you want to be able to do. So um, growing up and seeing the world, you know that you want to help in this aspect or you know, you have your own passion. So for me, um, not having a platform to do what I want to do um, actually makes it a lot more surreal because mm. I know that I can help and I know that I can actually start doing stuff knowing that I'm only 19, you know. So um, it, it's actually a really nice thing to know that I have that ability to help others or, you know, to take the youth word and put it out there mm. um, when obviously a lot of people still want to be able to, you know, say something. I'm kind of their outlet to be able to do that, so. It's pretty nice, actually. That's what's up. Now, as a speaking about a platform, also as a African American male soccer player in the MLS, um, and you know, getting that press coverage now and all that. How does it feel to be, you know, a, a black man out there on a soccer field that's you know predominantly a European, I would say, European dominated yeah. sport. Yeah. Um, you know, and how, how does that feel now? Um, it feels great. You know, I love the fact that. I come from where I come from, and I get to rep my area as well as be able to rep for African Americans, you know, black people in general, because it's a tough sport across the board. It's a tough sport. There's still racism in our sport, and I was a lot gonna of people, ask. Yeah, I mean, it, it's there's still a lot of stuff going on under the scenes and behind the scenes. You know, a lot of people don't realize, but they think it's all golden and great mm-hmm. being in this position. And we still get a lot of hatred for being black. You know, we do something well and might go to Europe and you might go somewhere where you don't realize where you're at and how hostile that environment could be. And, you know, you still have to be that example for everyone else. Like, I'm not scared, you know, like this is my job. You know, no matter what, like, I guess, subject or kind of job that you have, you are going to get criticism and depends on your type of criticism, obviously, for what, you know, whatever you do. But for me, like, I'm going to get the basic criticism and I'm going to get the same, same criticism. And eventually you'll get that hatred stuff that it's usual, you know, and you grow up and you obviously me growing up being an African-American in the sport, I've heard it before. So it, it doesn't thick change. Skin, you, know, yeah. you, you grow you, the thick skin and then you feel it and you're just like, I don't matter. Like, I make money. You don't. Doing what I love. I, I make money playing the sport that you're watching and you still want to criticize on me. Mm. And that's that's where you, you then take it and you're just like, you know. It is what it is, especially being being black. You know this. It doesn't matter what if even if you play soccer or not, you know coming into this world, your parents tell you the same thing. They tell every black kid the same thing. You gotta be tough growing up in this life because it, it, it's gonna hit you hard being in a you know, we obviously we have a lot harder challenges being African American. Right. And just in general. And just being black in general, no matter where you are, where you whether you're in, you know, South America, whether you're in Canada, whether you're in, you know, Germany, France, no matter where you come from, like, if you are black, you will get shit for being black just because. And obviously growing up in it, like, now being in a sport like this, 
it doesn't impact my game. It doesn't impact my mental in any way. But I think it does start to get more difficult the mm. older we get because we start to get more of a voice. Mm. So, you know, we kind of want to retaliate. But this is where your strength comes in, you know. And speaking so, about the strategy of approach and tough skin, yeah. um, when it comes to the legacy – um, you, and this is on or off the field. Like, what are what are some of the goals for this season for yourself right now? Personal goals. On and off the field, or on or off? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, on on the field, I kind of want to be able to be the best I can be at the end of the season, and also get as many minutes as possible for the rest of the season. Um, as well, if you many people probably won't know, the under twenty World Cup is actually coming up in next month. Lit. And I want to be able to participate in that because I think it'll be a big part of my career. Um, but obviously, if I can't be a part of that, then just working to be back into the national team for the next World Cup, which mm-hmm. is in 2022. That's right. <clears throat> um, Excuse me. And that's here, right? No. It's, no is it that the one that's right in North America? Qatar. Qatar. Okay. And 26, it'll be here. 2026, North America. So I'm hoping to be in the 2022, um, but also be a part of the Olympic team that's actually coming up. So um, there's on and off there. And then kind of off the field, just get my money up, you know? Like being in LA, make as many connections as possible, and then see what other opportunities were with Puma or with, you know, uh, these other brands or whatever, trying to just expose myself that so that I can have the best opportunity I can while I'm here. And then I can have that, like, connection no matter where I go. On or off the field. On and off the field so that I can progress in any aspect of life, even if I'm done playing, you know, football. But um, I think also I'm trying to do a lot of charity work. Um, so I have kind of plans to do um a few things a few things with the boys and girls club um hoping to kind of collaborate with them and actually get some soccer camps done and do some pizza parties with them because i still owe them one down um, in san bernardino that's dope but just stuff like that um and then i actually have a foundation that i'm planning to get up and running so that we can start doing things in that aspect. So nice. That's what's up. Now going off that, um, you know, as a, as a soccer knowledge, I haven't really tested your knowledge a little bit. But uh, if you had to put together a dream team of only active players right now, I'm talking all soccer, all. And we were talking about this off the record, but like, there's like 600 leagues out there. Mm-hmm. But like, if you had to put together the ultimate from goalie to your forwards to your defenders oh. to your wings, can you go? Th- could you go through that? I mean, I could, but the problem is there's too many players to to say, like, yeah, all right, well, like, at the moment, because I could could be like, at the moment, this 11 is the team. Mm -hmm. In a month, that 11 could be terrible together. I got you. You know what I'm saying? So, like, and also, there's too many greats to be, like, just 11 people. Okay. Because if you really wanted to be, like, yeah, put it put a team together. You'd have to be like put a whole club together. You know, <laughs> how many people were using a club then? Is that like 30? 20, okay. 25, 26? Okay. So about like <laughs> that would even be difficult as hell because there are so many great like players that have came through the system, and it's it's really more or less like 
hundreds of players, you know? Because if you yeah, go through I mean, FIFA, you, you play a lot of leagues. You play FIFA. Hell right? yeah. You're on FIFA too. Shout out to that. Hey, I'm on FIFA. <laughs> EA Sports. Hey, put me up there, dog. Raise my my ratings, yo. <laughs> I got my first 90 over the week. Hey, yesterday. Raise my scores. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. Did you dedicate your first uh your first goal to anybody? Um I still haven't scored. That, yeah, well... Well, I will. Yes. It'll be to my dad mm-hmm. and kind of my fam, but mostly my dad. So, FIFA, upgrade my scores, <laughs> please, for the love of God. I'm faster than that. Thank you. What do they have you at? Speed I don't know. Is it like mid The first time I checked it, it was like 80s. and that, Or it was like 90s. It was crazy. And then I check it again, and it's like 60s. I'm not slow. <laughs> they disrespected they me. They disrespected me, man. They disrespected. Yo. Oh, man. Um, and then last question that we get before we wrap it up. When it's all said and done, um, and, you know, you were talking about being able to look back and talk to your kids about what you were able to do by 19. What is... When you close your eyes, like what is what is a job well done for you in your life? In football? For football, yes. Um, I think being able to go back to Europe. Mm. Um, I want to play in a World Cup and I want to help the U.S. win a World Cup. So that'll be part of it. Um, I mean, winning a World Cup, going back to Europe and winning Champions League, winning, making my mark in the Europe, European kind of market um, and just making a household name because it's it's a big part of football being able to be like, oh, Ronaldo. I know who Ronaldo is. Facts. And you might not be even be like, you might have no knowledge, but you know two players. I know players. Ronaldo. You know two players. Ronaldo, Ronaldo and Messi. And Messi. <laughs> you know Ronaldo and Messi. Everybody knows Ronaldo and Messi. You know David Beckham, but he don't you play know no David, more. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You, I want to be able to be like walking and be like, Shaft? Shaft? Brewer. Brewer. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we get your auto? Boom. That like mm. people know who I am no matter where I go. And to where the point where it's not through fame, but it's through like the hard work and dedication that I put through to get my name and your face and my face and the skill. And, and everybody knows like he was a good he was a really good player. Like he was a great player and he helped my team or, you know, like we loved what he did with the national team. Like just something like that to where there's a level of respect hmm. that is you know, said when with when, my name, with my name. And I got just that. that that piece to it. And one question I forgot to ask, especially in LA, first time you got on the field, or even this year, LA Galaxy versus LAFC. How crazy is that game? That game is so wild because the the fans make the game way crazier than it is. Like it's to us, it's a game, and it's the the wildest game of the year because it's our rivals, and we don't we hate them, right? But the fans hate the other fans way more than they do. Free smoke is free smoke. When I tell you, like, the fact that these people are so close to each other and they just talk shit the whole game. Right. The whole game, they're like, boom, boom, boom. We hate you. 
we hate you. Y'all are ugly. Nah, y'all are ugly. But like their chance, it's like a, it's a chant war. Like who's louder? Right. Who has the better chance? Who's more organized? You know, like, and then it's this beef. Like if my team wins, the other team's fans are going to brawl it out after the game because that's they're hey, mad. Hey, and that's, that's, like that's our sport. You know, yeah. that's how vicious. And it brings a real like environment real like football a european football environment like people are really gonna die over this die overseas people will be like i'm killing you because our team lost like (laughs) you said all this smoke and then we lost you know like it's stuff like that that makes the game a lot more live because we'll be in our stadium it'll be a home game we'll be in their stadium it'll be a home game Mm. It don't. It doesn't change, you know. Like wherever so. we go, and our fans follow, and the like. Shout out to LA, like the thirty two fifty two, and like everybody a part of that. But the fact that that following creates an environment for us to thrive through is like you don't believe it until you in your when you're in it and you actually like experience it. So when you're on the field and you hear the fans. And you hear that twenty five thousand or thirty thousand or however many people in the that's so dope. You don't you don't realize it till you're in it. It's nothing like it. Exactly. So like that it. whole environment just gets created because of that. But I mean, it's it's enough said. You know, they're they're it's a great time. That's what's up. Well, hey man, like I said, I'm not gonna keep you too long. I know you got to rest, rehab, get back on this road soon. But the final question I ask everybody on this podcast is to write a letter. Um, and I want your letter to be when you are retiring in X amount of years, cause I'm not going to put a time limit on your career. Um, and I want you to write back to the fans and the organization, um, that supported you or, mm-hmm. and to your country also. Yeah. Um, what would your letter say? So my letter would say, dear, um, my family. And I think at this point. Everyone would be who followed me and kept, you know, I guess, kept up with my legacy while I was going through it would then become my family. Um, Dear family, thank you guys for the support and um, the drive through this this long, tough road that I've gone through um, and and all the bumps and, and bruises and everything that I've had to overcome. You guys have helped push me and guide me through my career. Um, and thanks for staying, you know, there when when times got rough because there was a lot of times in my career when you, you know, when I was debating what, you know, like whether or not to keep going and where I should stay or if I should leave. And um, I think this whole process has been a really amazing and enjoyable time that I'm glad that I was able to, you know, put all my energy into and glad that I was able to produce a legacy that people were able to enjoy. Um, I know that it's a tough time for me uh, because Anytime you stop something you've been doing and you love for a very long time is very hard to do. But um, I'm glad to know that there's a lot of people who I would be able to help and who I have helped throughout my career and that I've touched. And I'm, I'm really, 
really proud to say that I'm retiring from football and that um, all the kids that I've helped shine through this process has, you know, made me a better man and everything, you know, growing up in football and the sport itself makes you grow a lot faster than you thought you would because, you know, when you start at 13, start professional, you know, actually traveling at 13 and you get to that point where you realize I'm a whole pro, it becomes, <laughs> it becomes something different. So, um, I think in this whole process that I cannot be more grateful that everything that has happened and would like to thank once again all of my family and anybody else, even the haters, for this whole, whole, whole great career that I've had. So thank you again. Shaft Brewer Jr., everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My man, I appreciate it, bro. Course, so man. let them know uh, how do we keep in contact with you? How do we keep up with the season? Drop all this. Drop everything. All right. So basically, um, my apps are going to be Don't Blink 28 for everything. Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. I don't really use Snapchat, so you don't have to follow <laughs> me on that. But follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Um for the team, LAFC.com, if you want to keep up, keep up with our schedule, um, you'll be able to get a schedule that you can add to your calendar, whether you have an Android <clears throat> or you have an iPhone, you should be able to uh, <laughs> keep, up with your, uh, keep up with our schedule. And I would not miss some of our games. We play at the Bank of California Stadium in downtown Los Angeles. Um, if you have not checked out a game, I would definitely come by. We have a great environment and you will have a great time. I promise you, you will become a fan if, even if you don't like soccer. So, um, it's a great time. And if you guys would like to get in contact with me with, with tickets, or if you guys want to just, you know, talk and, and have all that information, you can hit my ads. Once again, it's don't blink 28, no spaces, no caps, and none of that. And I think that's about it, right? That's about it. Yep. That's it, my man. Once again, it is Say it Loud Podcast. I got to sit down with my man, Mr. Shaft Brewer Jr. You've heard it first and you've heard the beginning of the legacy. Can't wait to see what else he's going to do. Until the next episode and until the next time I talk to y'all, stay black and stay woke. Yeah.